Hey guys, it's Brant within my head channel and I'm back with another KISS discussion video and I have beside me and under me. I don't know if you, you guys probably have not seen these guys' faces too often because they usually stick to audio podcasts, but they are good looking gentlemen. They need to be taken, they need to be putting these faces on YouTube because they're prettier than I am. Uh, uh, they got more hair than I do, at least, well, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about Rob. Rob's got a hat on. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. I uh, shaved it just for you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's awesome. So you didn't want me to feel left out. No, I, I didn't. Not at all. I, not at all. I love that. I love that. Um, these guys are from Right Between the Eyes podcast, and I'll let them give all their handles and everything and names and everything later because we're going to be talking for uh, just a few little bit about KISS. We're going to talk about our origin stories. We're going to talk about how we got into doing these these things that we do with the um and you guys know a lot of my story so i want you to meet these guys i'm gonna let them introduce themselves and i'm gonna let them start off talking about how they got into doing what they do and just get to know them a little better and then towards the end we're gonna uh they'll let them give out all their twitter and social media stuff like that so you guys can find them because you definitely need to find them i follow them they follow me and uh need to find them and check them definitely check them out go back through I've been listening to them on Spotify. I've been binging them for the last week. Went all the way back to their first episode, and I just got up to uh, their not their most recent episode, but a more recent episode. I think it was done back in March or something like that. So, but I'm not going to stop until I catch up. Uh, so <laughs> you got to um, stay just ahead. Yeah, just <laughs> so these are the guys from Right Between the Eyes podcast, and uh, I guess I'll start with just going to my right here with with Nick Jr. and Nico. Now, you are father-son, right? Yeah, that is correct. Right. Yes, yes. Right, so tell the viewers about the son, in case anybody was Yeah, curious. in, in yeah. case you didn't realize I'm the son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we talk about how we started podcasting. Um, yeah. Not even related to KISS, right? How we even started doing everything. How you got into it, yeah. And then, and then know, how you got into doing it, it with KISS for KISS. It, it, it really started with um, another podcast that my son and I do with our good friend, Nick Zednick, his good friend, they came to me back. I, I think it was 2019. like 2019 and wanted to talk about DC superhero movies because we're big comic book fans and we're big fans of the MCU and Batman and, and the, um, the justice league movie came out and we were all kind of disappointed about it. So he approaches me and says, Hey, remember Nick Zednick? He wants to know if we would go on this podcast. To make a long story short, we started it. We were doing it with a cell phone in <laughs> the storage facility of, of an office space that I was renting at the time. We would go there on Sunday nights. We would get coffee and we would just sit and kind of talk about like our thoughts about Ben Affleck as Batman, Aquaman, all the stuff we did and didn't like. And I don't know, like fast forward about a year or so maybe a little bit over the year this this pandemic hits and it's it's really crazy we're doing this podcast we wind up meeting as you all know you meet a lot of great people in the podcast mm -hmm. community so i'm going to let you tell the story and this way i don't talk all the time how we <laughs> met the gentleman below us but essentially we're superhero <laughs> podcasting meeting a bunch of people um and and always in the back of my mind, I think somewhere I was hoping to do a music podcast, but mm -hmm. we'll, 
Go ahead and take over. Yeah, then around a uh, little – it was like a year and a half ago. I think it was G- the fall of 2020, 2021. I don't know years anymore. It's all blur when it comes to <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Um, but we were doing a show with a bunch of people on a different podcast network about this comic book that came out. It was a big deal called The Three Jokers. And I happened to be wearing a Dress to Kill shirt on this because I'm like, okay, it's got like the white makeup. It fits the aesthetic. And Rob was on that show. And we haven't known Rob yet, but I think Zeddy, our other co-host, knew about your podcast before we did. Yeah. Um. And 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 I think shouted you out before, but then you just flat out sent that DM, and then I'll let you take it from here because you slid into the DMs. You slid I did. I slid, I slid into, into the, the DMs. DMs. You gotta watch Rob. You gotta watch Rob. You know he'll slide in. You gotta watch when those guys go sliding into the DMs now. That's right. That's, that's right. right. It'll be an audio explosion for your ears. Uh, you know, Chip. Before I dovetail into theirs, mine started about eight years ago doing a comic book podcast. Robin for Batman and Robin's my favorite superhero so we started doing one for the batman universe.net and just all about tim drake the third the third robin not to get all geeky but so that was going on for a while and then you know fast forward about eight years we have 139 140 episodes so this all converges with this batman three joker story because like you said of all of us podcasters getting together like hey let's all talk about this big event for comic books it was pretty good so just like a, a setup like this is eight screens the brady bunch is going on and we're all talking <laughs> about this book and i can't take my eyes off of the caruso screen cuz like nico said he's wearing a dress to kill shirt like all of a sudden like batman starts leaving my mind i'm going <laughs> That guy's probably a poser. He probably can't name one song. Now you think, oh, he probably went to Hot Topic and bought well, a dress to kill. Because that's what people do. Because that's what people, that's what people do. The Metallica shirts, Molly Crew, absolutely. So I wanted to test it. Just more of like, well, he's he's got to be a Kiss fan. You know, his father's right there. He wouldn't let him wear a shirt and not know the band. So I sent a DM while this is going on. Like, hey, I like your shirt. And all of a sudden, this Kiss conversation started while we're doing this Batman thing. So like the question comes around. I think there's one time I get asked a question. I'm gonna be like, "Oh yeah, so uh, Batman was really, you know." So that's kind of how that started. I found their podcast through uh, Zeddy had liked my show. Robin, everyone loves the Drake, and so I started listening to Vigilante 1939 at the Justice League. So I sent them that first message, and after this Batman show is over, we were getting close. I'm gonna say a bad word in the Kiss community. Oh. Kiss 2020 goodbye was approaching and we were like hey are you guys gonna words yeah so i just (laughs) you just lost a whole bunch of subscribers so we were kind of like hey are you gonna watch this thing so we watched it and then decided let's do this little one-off thing so the three of us got together and Uh did this one-off podcast kind of doing a whole condensed like how did you find kiss what do we think of the 2020 show and Uh it was over and it was done and I was like, that was that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my wife about it for a week or so. And she's like, why don't you just do that show? <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they would want to. And we started this, you know, relationship, if you will, for, you know, three or four months, figuring out what's the name going to be. What are we going to do? And Nico was doing a really good job of like, as we were coming up with the name, he started journaling all of yeah. the stuff, songs, a possible, you know, names for the podcast. And we treated the podcast launching as if we were 
a band. We did little teasers oh, on yeah, Twitter, so cool. you know. With so. no followers, just pumped no followers. Yeah. It was awesome. It was Other hilarious. than the three of us, like, oh, I'll <laughs> yeah. like it. You like Free it. Tweeting. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, how mine started. We all kind of started with the superhero thing and found out between the three of us that we have this passion for music. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of grew from there. And before we knew it, we were in, we just celebrated a year a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so here we are. It's yeah. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm. I'm think I'm coming up on your year anniversary. Um, like mm -hmm. I said, I'm. I'm up to March uh, of this year. Um, okay. Yeah, and it, it's it's amazing how you just kind of stumble over people. Mm -hmm. uh, and stumbling over people is exactly how I got my start in YouTube. I've been a Kiss fan, and we'll get to our origin stories for in a little bit. But I've been a Kiss fan for a long time. And um, my viewers are probably going to go to sleep during this part because they know this stuff because <laughs> I say it all the time. But um, uh, so I started, um, I, I was telling Nick before you got, and Nico, before you came in, that um, I listen to music at work. I listen to YouTube at work and, uh, and just have it on. <laughs> and a lot of times uh, whenever I have a playlist, but one particular day, I guess I wasn't listening to a playlist and YouTube, just after it got done with a video, it started playing a, uh, a Kiss album review of the same album I had just listened to. I can't remember what album it was to save my life. But there was this guy named Ralph Vieira, and his, uh, his channel is mm. called Almost Human, and he's been around forever. His channel's been oh, around for like yeah. 10 years. And uh, he lives in South Florida. And so I started, I was like, oh, this guy's reviewing Kiss albums. And so I went and of course I stalked and I looked and I was like, wow, he has reviewed every Kiss album. So I went back to his earliest videos and started watching and watching going up through. And I got about halfway through and I'm like, I think I could do this. You know, mm -hmm. I've I've been a drummer since I was seven years old playing along to Elvis. I was a huge Elvis fan when mm -hmm. I was a kid, still am. And I've played drums since I was seven. I've played in bands. I've recorded bands. I've mixed bands, produced bands. Um, I've recorded. I used to have a production company recording bands live and video and editing. And so mm. I was real from it. I used to work in the motion picture industry for about four years back in the early 90s. And so uh, I was really good at editing, mixing and all this stuff. And it was kind of like a hobby, kind of just fun thing to do. And I was like, what if I can take something I really love to do and talk about a band that I really love? And so I created this channel. And it was it, the funny thing is, even though the channel is named In My Head and it is named after the Gene Simmons song off of Carnival Souls, uh, mm -hmm. one of the reasons when I named it that, it was just, it was like, I want this cha channel to be about whatever is in my head. And so in the very beginning, I was doing like, because I'm really big into paranormal stuff. So I have paranormal videos. I have cooking videos. I have fix-it videos because I am the handyman around the house. Uh, we do videos. My wife, I bought her a Challenger for our 20th anniversary. So we've been modding that. So I've got some videos on there about, on my channel about modding that. But my channel is very much a primary KISS channel. And I grew up in the 80s. So I love all these 80 band, 80s bands y'all talking about. Doc and Twisted Sister, all these bands, Night Ranger, all these bands you're talking about, Def Leppard. And I do have some series in that where I went through ranking uh, the, the tracks and stuff like that. But I started with, well, I'm going to, um, I, I wanted to do all these other things, 
but I really didn't have anything paranormal to make a video about. I really didn't have anything to fix. And the only thing I really had that I could do was I could listen to the first Kiss album that I've been listening to since I was seven or eight mm -hmm. and review it and talk about the China came up with this real nerdy system where I ranked the songs on a scale of one to 10, one being real bad, 10 being the best. And then at the end I would say, okay, that's a total score of 70 and seven divided by 10 tracks is seven. So this album as a whole has a score of seven. And then I ranked the, and then I started keeping up with them. If you go back and watch some <laughs> of my other videos where I'm doing that, You'll see at the end where I'm I have them stacked up and oh this album scored a six point seven five and this one scored a six point two five. I mean you're uh, talking a lot of math, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and somebody said I one one person said, you know, you have the nerdiest kiss podcast, you know, videos I've ever seen. And so when I re-review -re them, I, it's not gonna be quite that technical. Uh mm -hmm. it's just gonna be kind of kind of not stealing from you guys a little bit, but just kind of being like Hey, these are the songs I like. This is my favorite song on this album. And if I was to put this song on a greatest hits album, or if I was, could put a song off this album on a greatest hits album or on a playlist, it would be this song. And if I could cut a song off this album, it would be this song. Mm -hmm. And if I could change the production or take a song off rock and roll over and put it on this album, or if I could, you know, take this demo that never been done and slap mm -hmm. it on this album, kind of like, how can I fix this album? So if this album needs to be fixed, how can it be fixed? You know, how many tracks needs to be cut off of Hot in the Shade? You know, things like that. You know, things like that. Um, seven. So, <laughs> seven, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, that's one of the things I'm going to be doing. But and just th throughout my, I was going to say career, but throughout my time that I've been doing YouTube, I've met some really cool people. Uh, Rick from It's All For You Demon, he discovered me. He's a cool me. guy. So cool. He, Go back. I have tons of videos with him. I burned Rick mm -hmm. out on being my co-host. Um, <laughs> he he is in so many videos with me. I met a DJ that's in Ohio. Her name's Carla. She's mm. in a lot of videos with me. And and uh, my community, they wanted to really interact with me. So what I started doing was I started doing what I call the panel has spoken videos where I put out surveys i use survey monkey and i put out surveys and i let them vote i let them become a part of the oh, a part cool. of the, mm -hmm. the the show and then i started the ones that was very commonly showing up i'm like hey you want to be in a video so i, so I started putting my viewers in videos with me and uh it was it's been it's been a real fun ride um i did kind of step away and take a break for a few months back in february because i've been doing it for going on five years. Uh, mm. I'd been doing it four years at the time and it was becoming a little bit of a job. And especially with my work and personal stuff that was going on, it was getting to where it wasn't fun anymore. And so I just kind of took a step away. Um, but I, I, I don't think, I think my subscribers have still gone up during that time. Um, it's great. My, yeah. Yeah. my view, my views did not drop. Uh, my subscribers did not drop. So, you know, my, my subscribers, I love, are, you know, they're, they're very, they've been very loyal to me. They've been very good to me. And, uh, you know, and, but that's basically my backstory. I got into it by listening to another, um, YouTuber and I've been doing it for going on five years. Congrats, it's a great man. story. That's amazing, my friend. Man. Awesome, man.
That's so, a great yeah, show. And and it's you yeah. never know when you're going to meet awesome people like you guys. Yep. You, know, you never know when you're going to run into somebody else that you can be like, hey, we can collab together and we can take what we've got going on and we can put some things together and we can help each other out, help each yep. other grow and make each other make each other better and, and learn from each other and things like that. So um, I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to be on. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about since we talked about our origin of how we got into um, podcasting or YouTubing, um, want to talk about our KISS origins. Mm. I always like hearing how somebody got into KISS, how old were they, what was some of their first experiences with KISS, what was some of their first memories, what was their first album, uh, what's the first music video they remember seeing if they were around during the when MTV actually showed videos. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I guess we'll just start. Not, Not me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start, Not we'll me. start with, uh, we'll start with Nick again. Cause, uh, since yeah. he's the, got, sure. got the deepest roots. <laughs> yeah. It's a great me, way of saying for me, you know, I, I was, I was almost there kind of from the inception, but for me, it just started. I was a, um, I've always been, I grew up in a house that loved music. But the the music that was always being played in my house was Frank Sinatra, Bobby Darren. Uh, my mom was a huge Barry Manilow fan. And I would often, when we'd be in the car, my mom, my dad was not a guy that listened to music in the car. In the car. But I used to love to go to the store with my mom. She'd have the top 40 on. And, you know, like anybody at that time, it was Captain and Tennille. Um, Fleetwood Mac, the Eagles, there you go, all that stuff, right? So I really, I really dug music. You know, I I used to listen when I came home. We'd put on the the local station or whatnot. So music, Frank Sinatra, all that stuff, the albums in the house. I was as a young boy, I was just transfixed by it. Lo and behold, I think it was like September, October of '75. There was a special called the Midnight Special on NBC. And I would I would watch these. I, I don't know if it's the first time I saw it. I think I caught it a few times. Anyway, it was a Friday night. I my parents used to let me stay up late, and I happened to have it on. And these guys, lo and behold, Kiss came on. And I'm I'm pretty sure it was. I know Black Diamond was the last song. I'm just trying to forget what the first song again was. But she was second. She and- was second. Um. I'm just having a blank. Anyway, was it Deuce? they come on the screen and what I'm show, also, what show was that? What show the was midnight, that? Special, midnight, the midnight special? Midnight special. Yeah. Midnight special. Well, here's the thing too. You have to go back to my comic book roots too, because early in 75 is when I discovered comic books at the spinner rack at the local drugstore. So I discovered Batman and then later Spider-Man and then got into everybody. So I just remember like they came on and I was just absolutely like, mesmerized by what was going on there were these four characters on stage just like looked like real life superheroes to me right trying to figure out who they were but at the same time what they were doing drumming playing guitar bass paul singing i was just like i saw like the greatest thing i've ever seen it was like the hell with frank sinatra um, the hell with, with all the top 40 music. I'm like, what is this? Like, who is this? 
And, you know, they broke and then they came back and, and I'll never forget the black diamond clip because that thing was absolutely crazy. How Peter started throwing the drums at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peter singing, Paul singing, Gene singing. And then you have Ace who was just like on fire, mm-hmm. just shredding through the guitar. So that moment is why I'm here talking to you right now. It was unlike, it's just one of those moments, you know, I know people talk about like how they remember when the Beatles run the Ed Sullivan show or when Elvis was on the show, you know, like just like moments in time like that. And, you know, we got to go back now. I'm 10 years old. I don't really know like how I even discovered their name. I think I begged my mom and I think she found the TV guide and she's like, it, it must be this group kiss. We had a, a record store that was approachable by bike in the neighborhood. And I remember writing down there and the first album I got was alive and just like putting that midnight special together with a couple months later, when I got the album, just opening the album, the gatefold album, reading the notes going then to the drugstore. And while I was also still collecting comics, I was finding cream magazine and hit parader and just buying everything that I could. And it really, it really became an obsession for me and started me on the journey of discovering not only kiss, but rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, like I think back about it and it's just like, it was just one of those moments that hits you in life. Like first time you have ice cream or, <laughs> you know, something like that, where I, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to be their biggest fan. All right. What about you, what about you Nico? <laughs> and you are. <laughs> oh, cool. Is, um, yeah. So obviously for me, it's different because I wasn't around for any of this, which, you know, I, <laughs> but I wish I was, I wish I was for me. It was, um, like father, like son, I feel like you gravitate towards the interests of your parents a lot. And that's how all this comic book stuff first started and and Star Wars. And really my first love from you was Star Wars. And then when it came to music, it was really Bon Jovi and the Goo Dolls were the first two bands um, that I got into with songs like It's My Life. And I believe Broadway was the, the two was the Goo Doll song. So those two songs were what kind of got me into rock and got me into music. And then I found a lot of different bands and Kiss is the one that you never forced on me, but I would see like when Rock the Nation came out in 04, I was like eight. I saw you were playing in it and they were kind of creepy to me, but it was kind of interesting to me because sometimes we're fascinated by the weird, you know, and mm-hmm. it wasn't until about you never really forced Kiss on me. You always just had the stuff. You had the figures. You had some of the mm-hmm. guitar picks that were laying around from shows when you went in in the late 90s. And I remember you were telling me when, when I was in this big music phase, this explosion of all these bands. It was like 2006. And that's when the Kiss and Alive. You were, you were what? You were 11. I was 11 yeah. when the Kiss Alive 4 CD box set came out. It was 1, 2, 3, and 4 were all on it. And it was in this like steel case. It was really cool. So I think that came out in October and Kissology one was also coming out. So we got this thing. I had a Walkman at the time. It was like a couple of years before the, iP- before the iPods really started coming in mm-hmm. and the MP3 players were just on the crux. So I started listening to Alive and just fell in love with the music. And then at the same time, VH1 was showing a couple of the concerts 
that were going to be on Kiss Alive. So there's Kobo Hall from 75. There was the Budokan one, I think, mm-hmm. from the Destroyer Tour. And then there was the Summit from 77. And um, I remember just falling in love with those songs and those four live albums. I wasn't even li- wasn't even listening to the studio albums. It was just the four live albums. And then I remember we watched some of them. But one night you had to work, so I watched the Summit by myself for the first time. And they opened with "I Stole Your Love," which is my favorite Kiss song of all time. And when that started, I'm like, "Wait, what is this song?" And I went back. I'm like, oh, it's that one later in Alive 2. Yeah. So then it became, you show me all the bootlegs, us watching Rock the Nation, um, a lot of the instant lives from that tour. So really just diving into the band. And there was like a three-year obsession that happened. And then we finally saw him on the Alive 35 tour in 2009. And I think that solidified it more than ever because I do believe they're a band you have to really see to believe. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was yeah, it was October, November mm-hmm. of 2006. And then I think for Christmas that year in 07 or 08, you got me like a rock and roll over shirt because it's my favorite album. I got the first six albums mm-hmm. on CD. Um, I think I they remastered flooding them, right? my and iPad, the uh, and, flooding and I, the iPods, and the yeah. iPhones were coming out. I was flooding it with those, yeah, with with their music and everything. So that was really that was re- really it for me. So it's funny. It's it's the way they were releasing some of their vault merchandise is how I got into them. It was the perfect time to get into them because there was so much stuff, both video and audio, and a tour coming up. Mm-hmm. which was cool. So that's mine. Does it yours eerily sound like what's going on now with off the soundboard, the band oh, being out oh, all the sure. anniversary releases? Like there could be somebody new at a this moment percent. discovering the band right now as an Absolutely. 11 or 10 year old. A million percent. It's yeah. gotta be happening. So what I about I, you, I, Rob? I guess I'm last. Um, <laughs> mine is kind of broken up. It's It's segmented. I can remember... I don't know if I was in first grade, second grade. Somehow I think I had like the Dukes of Hazard cards, Star Wars mm-hmm. cards. And of course, I think I had Kiss cards. I've told the story on the podcast that I must have been small enough that I could crawl underneath my bed and get up behind the headboard. So I had G.I. Joe's and Star Wars and then had Kiss cards and baseball cards. I must have left the cards out on the bed. Mom saw those and were like, nope, tossed them. And then it like fast forwards into like junior high and hearing all the Bon Jovi's and Def Leppard's. And I remember hearing Heaven's on Fire. I think if I back up a little bit, there was a a public access TV that had like Carl Sagan on. There was a show called Nova and there was one called 321 Contact. So I always Mm -hmm. watch it. It was always like science based stuff. And this one was all about the whole show was about light. And if you could you could still uh, YouTube it right now. They, the light that they're talking about would be a concert light, how it reflects the different colors and all that stuff. And the stage that they use was the dynasty stage. So mm. you see the whole loadout. So I remember watching that and then that kind of went. So then you get to like junior high and started hearing the 80s stuff, but nothing really stuck with me. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to listen to Bon Jovi. I'm going to listen to Def Leppard. There's this Guns N' Roses that's getting really hot right now. So I was listening to that. So really wouldn't be until my freshman year in 89, we had a uh, Christmas in the village. We call it in the little town. So it's always the first week of December and a buddy of mine lived out in the country and didn't get MTV and stuff like that. So I'd always tape the headbangers ball or the, you know, top 20 countdown. And we would go to my house and just watch the VHS tapes. So it was really cold that uh, Christmas event we had. He goes, let's go back to your house. We'll have hot chocolate. We'll watch 
MT. He's like, let's go back to your house. I'm like, you just want to watch MTV. He's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah. So put in Headbangers Ball. And I think there was a premiere of a Bon Jovi video that night. That was the reason I taped it. Well, the third video up was Hide Your Heart. And we're mm-hmm. like, whoa, that's pretty sweet. We watched the whole video. It was like this you know, conceptual piece, Johnny and Rosa, a streetcar named Desire. Mm-hmm. We're like, this is pretty cool. And Tito. then he was Tito. He was king of the streets. Tito was so king of the streets. <laughs> it was like after that, he's like, we've got to go to town. What's well, nine o'clock back in 89? Stores weren't open 24 hours. So we had to wait till the following Sunday, drove in town to the record store, realized, oh, they're closed on Sunday. Went to school the following Monday. So after school, we drove into the record store and we each got uh, uh, hide, hide heart, excuse me, a Hot in the Shade. And we listened to that. <laughs> That's the only Kiss album we had. We just listened to it over and over again. A friend of mine in art class realized I had Hot in the Shade. He's like, all right, let me make you a, a real Kiss mixtape. <laughs> he was kind of like turning his nose at Hide Your Heart. But he was like, this is your first Kiss album. You're, you're going to remember this. And he made me mixtape. And the mixtape, the first four songs were Radioactive, Speeding Back to My Baby, uh, Charisma, and uh, Talk to Me might have been like just completely random. And Good pick. That, that's, that sucked me right in. So uh, my best friend and I at the time, we were like, okay, I got this album. Oh, I got this album. So he would get one. He would say, hey, I got Lick It Up. So the next time I went to the store, I'd say, oh, I got Crazy Nights or whatever happened to be out so we were making cassettes back and forth but hot in the shade really solidified that this is my band as a freshman in 1989 i remember like looking at the catalog going man i missed so much great stuff for so long just because my musical interest went a different direction so much Mm -hmm. like nick said i became a fanatic any vhs tape i could get a hold of any magazine any poster instantly went on my my wall right away so that's kind of my my kiss story and it, it's funny so so listen how our listen how our our our, our four stories intermingle but yet they it's like they zig and zag at the same time so um i was elvis fan as early as i could remember i was born in 69 and i was an elvis fan and i remember when elvis died in august of 77 i was eight and uh, I cried, cried. I remember laying in the living room floor crying when my mom told me that I was to died. And um, I was a big comic book collector. I collected, uh, you know, Superman, stuff like that. But I also collected stuff like Richie Rich and Sad Sack and Archie and all those kind of comics. Mm. And um, and so uh, the the. Uh, what is it, the Fantastic Four? And, mm-hmm. and not only did I collect comic books, but back in the day, they had these little, they were almost like a, a Viewmaster, not this kind of Viewmaster though, but one that would sit on the, the desk and you play, a, you could get these things. It was a record and it would have these little, um, it was almost like a projector mm-hmm. and it would feed these little strips down into it and it would it display it on the front. And while it was playing the record, you also had a comic book that you could read along. Mm-hmm. It would display one of the pictures from the thing. And then you were actually hearing with sound effects and acting and stuff like that. You were reading along to the comic book. And I had several of those, um, 
along with other comics that I had. And I collected cards just like you guys did. I collected, I remember collecting cards, football cards, baseball cards, collected um, uh, Dukes of Hazard cards, Three's Company cards. I remember I all I the some. ones of, cool. I remember all the ones of Chrissy. I would, sure. uh, I would hide Everybody them. Wanted to to. I would have to hide the Chrissy ones. I, I remember I I'm hid them. We had, we, we, we had these, we, we had these uh, picture frames, the ones that was, yeah. that was hinged, that was sat on the mantle. Mm. And I would shove my, uh, Chrissy cards in the back of, in the back of those and keep them hidden. So yeah, because if my mom found them, she'd be like, "You shouldn't have this," and she'd throw it away. Yeah, because uh, Chrissy was in a bathing suit and all this other stuff. So God bless the innocence back then of us. I tell you what. Yeah. Um, and so Elvis passed away, and um, I was heartbroken. Well, you mentioned mm -hmm. the drugstores. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a drugstore. I did a I did kind of like an origins video. It's I think it calls it's called Brant Goes Home. If you go on my YouTube, I think I've got it featured right now but i go back to all these places that don't exist anymore the grocery store called the little mm -hmm. general where i used to go get my kiss cards and my magazines and play the kiss pinball machine and also play the tron video game and all you know mm -hmm. all these other stuff and um that was where i got all my kiss magazines uh my house that i lived in at the time and my best friend scott who was maybe three or four years younger than me we our windows faced each other and our house was kind of close together so we would we used to um, we used to play music for each other. We would open our windows up and put our stereo speakers in the window and play music back and forth to each other from our windows. Um, you know things that kids don't do this these mm. days. Um, and I remember one night um, I had a boombox and Gene Simmons. I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is a funny story. I told this before. Gene Simmons solo album came out, and I got it on I got it uh, on album, and. I put my cassette recorder in front of it and I played the beginning of radioactive and recorded it. And then I went out and, and got outside his window um, the night, one night when he was asleep and I started playing it and scared the crap out of him, traumatized him. What an intro, but, right? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. talks about that to this day. Um, That's great. But uh, and it's so, the way I've actually became a Kiss fan was my grandma. She took me down to the, one of these drugstores. It was a drugstore that had like a a malt shop in it and a short mm. order grill, and they had magazine Best. stands and they sold records. Mm. And you know, it's just like kind of like uh, you'd see a Walgreens now, but maybe you know, with if Walgreens had a like a, a short order grill in it. And um, right inside, you walked inside, and there was the comic book rack, and there was like little record rack. Mm. And my grandma was like. Go, you know, my grandma was, you know, was heartbroken. I was a little eight year old Brant, and she's like, Go pick you out, go pick you out a, a comic book or an album, baby. Go pick you something out. <laughs> and so I went yes. over and I, I saw these four guys on the cover of this album, and they looked like superheroes. They looked like Fantastic Four, and it was the cover of Destroyer. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. sat there and just, I sat there and just stared at it. And I was yeah. just staring at it, flipping it over and flipping it back. And I was like, What <laughs> is this? Yeah, and my grandma came up. She's like, "You want that one?" And I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> so, so she took it and she gave it to me, and I took it home, and I was opening it up, and I was expecting to find a comic book. There was no comic book. There was none of little strips. And I'm like, "Okay, this isn't what I think it was." So I put it on my 45. I put it on my record player, and started playing it. And it don't start right off with music. It starts off with this, you know. Yeah, and, and you know it starts off with this whole story, this newscast, yeah. and I'm sitting yeah. here going, 
oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm just listening to this. I'm just sucked in. I'm just at this point in time, I was literally probably facing my speakers just like, because I used to do this weird thing. I had a little stereo system that had speakers about this tall. And I would lay on the floor in my room and put the speakers on either side of my head <laughs> and, and just kind of lay there and look at the album with the speakers yeah. on it. I was like in my own little cave. Oh, and, wow. um, and, and so then Detroit Rock City came on. And I was like, I'd never heard anything like that before. Because yeah, right. before that, most of what yeah. I heard was like Elvis. I yeah. never heard anything like that before. And I just remember wanting to i had the it was like an infection mm. i it, i Boy, wanted I to find out everything i could about this band and so um when i realized it was the band my mom used to take me down to this record store all the time called j joe's it's not there anymore i talk about that in my video too mm. it's like a like a like a bail bonds place now um but i go down there and i'd go in and i'd be like you got any kiss and the guy's like the guy behind the record store behind the counter was like, Oh yeah, they just had a new album come out. It just came out. It's a live album. And I'm like, what is it? And he hands me kiss alive too, because this is in October. Mm -hmm. And so I go, my first two albums is destroyer and kiss alive too. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting here and I opened that gate fold up. And I remember looking at the back, looking at the blood all over Gene, mm -hmm. And I opened that gate fold up and you see all the, fire and mm. and i sit there and i'm just and i go home and listen to it and it's like it starts off with that you are the best you got the best the hardest band in the world yes and it breaks into my favorite song of all time detroit rock song oh, yeah. breaks into oh, that yeah. oh, and that's yeah. just the way peter's drums that and i was just like and they play it so much faster than on the album and peter's just He's they just do. going off, and yeah. so Peter yeah. is like, I learned, to, I just start learning to try, start playing like Peter, and so Peter was my first big influence when it comes to drumming. The Tommy Lee and other, you know, Robert uh, mm -hmm. Robert Sweet from Striper and you know, oh, other yeah. bands like that would follow, but um, but you know, and that's when I really got into Kiss, and that and that was like I said in August of '77, and I was there, I was there for you know. Uh, Alive too, and I went back and I was like, I've never heard these songs before, or some of these songs I've never heard before. What albums are they on? And so I'd go into the store and I'd look at the back of the albums. And I'd be like, I don't recognize any of these songs. And I put it back. You remember, I'd never heard Alive, mm -hmm. never heard any of the first three albums. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, Love Gun, I'm going to buy this one. And then I come back a little. Bit, oh, Rock and Roll Over, I'm going to buy this one. So to story, Rock and Roll Over, Love Gun. Kiss Alive 2 was my first four albums I owned. And then my guy, my friend that lived next door, his uncle um, came over one day and he had bought Scott alive. And he's like, dude, you got to come over. There's an album we've never seen before. And they look sick on the front of it. <laughs> and so we go over there and I was like, I remember looking at Gene and being scared. Cause I'm like, he looks so demonic and Ace is like, you know, Peter's, you know, got his hands up and, you know, that, that classic Peter cross sticks. And I was like, man, I've never heard any of these songs. These aren't songs on any of the albums I have. And so that's when I went back and I discovered the first three albums. And then I was there for double platinum, the solo albums and, and dynasty dynasty was the first album I bought with my own money. I I'd go around and uh, collect bottles and, and cut yards and, uh, I was like 10 or 11 at the time. 
I'd go around and collect bottles, and that's what I'd use to buy my out, save up and buy albums with or buy magazines with. I'd buy, I'm like you, Nick. I'd buy any magazine I could any, find. If anything. it said Kiss on it, I mm-hmm. bought it. I yeah. bought the cards. Um, I bought the, you know, the, the Don Russ, the Don Russ cards. You sure. Know these? Yeah. Oh, those. yeah. Yep. I mean, I oh, bought, yeah. you know, bought those over and over and over. Um, and, uh, Man, I and I was there through. I was there through Dynasty, through Unmasked, through The Elder, through Creatures, Lick It Up, Animalize, Asylum, and then somewhere between Asylum and Crazy Nights, I fell off the bus. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was chasing after the bands I'd started listening to in the early '80s, and mm-hmm. then. These bigger band, these bands was coming along like Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, Dokken, Warrant, Rat, uh, Guns N' Roses, just these big bands. Mm-hmm. And it was a wow. As a matter of fact, if you go back and watch my reviews, I didn't buy Hot, I didn't buy Crazy Nights until it came time to review it. And I still mm-hmm. don't own a copy of Hot in the Shade. Hmm. What? I don't own a copy of Hot what? in the Shade. I'm I'm getting ready to correct that because I actually just ordered a blue vinyl copy of oh, it. Oh, there it is. But um, I'm correcting that. Um, but it, it's funny how to see albums that were so influential to people like Rob and people like Rob reminds me. There, there you go. Is. There he is, man. Rob reminds me a lot of Rick because Hot in the Shade and Crazy Nights and that is Rick's era from It's All For You Demon too. YouTube, like y'all be like, bed bugs in a rug man because <laughs> oh yeah y'all came in about the same time the same yep. era the same you know friend that you did things with like you know we all had that friend you know a lot of us did and you know his his was dan mine was scott you know you had your friend too that you shared your kids experience yeah. with and um so it, it's real cool it's uh it's if you know that phrase that goes on now you know if you know you know Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Kiss is one of those bands that a lot of people don't get, and but for those of us, for those of us who do, if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like seeing Nico's shirt, like instantly. It's you know, I was poking a little fun. Like you would see that somebody's more wearing a Zeppelin shirt. You're like, all right, but Kiss seems to be something very specific to people that like. I'm wearing this Kiss shirt because it's not something that is the flavor of the month. So I, I kind of knew he's wearing that shirt for a reason there's right so you put you know a couple right. of kiss fans in the room regardless of what era you came in you're going to find common ground somewhere very very easily oh very yeah quickly. and it, it's like a tractor being like i can go to walmart in this shirt in my in my eric car oh, from it's a great shirt i love from, that shirt from yeah. click t- from click t shop i can go walking around in walmart in this and most of the time i just get people they look at my shirt and they go like okay you know and then, but then you'll be look and you'll see a guy from like 30 yards away. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And it, then yeah. the next thing your eyes lock. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, you're standing in line <laughs> and, and you, and you stand in line and you hear from behind you, Hey, I like your shirt. Yeah. I'm a big Eric Carr fan too. I think Eric Carr was great. <laughs> and he's just like, and that's when your wife goes, Oh, we're going to be here a while. There, there's something <laughs> about Kiss fans. We talk about this all the time. Yeah like rob said it's not like those same couple bands that just put out those graphic tees when you see a kiss fan when you meet a kiss fan it's special and like we're big comic book guys we see 
we see the Marvel DC Star Wars shirts all the time. But when I see a Kiss shirt, like you said, Brandon, it's something you you turn your head and you think. I was just at Lollapalooza here in Chicago. That's where we're from. I was just there all four days. And the whole weekend I saw about five Kiss shirts. And I was like, mm. I was like a hawk. Even talked to a couple of the people mm. and they were fans. They that's didn't just cool. have them. It was yeah. crazy how that mm. happens. And that's there's neat. something about the band. You're right. A lot of people don't get them. But when you do, you do. Because yep. there's something about them. And it's funny how they're a band that when you start getting into them, there's this obsession because they're they're just so interesting from an aesthetic standpoint. It's almost a mystery thing. Like, how does this work? Why do they do this? Where mm -hmm. did this come from? Mm -hmm. And and it says infection. I like how you use that word. It's like an infection, but in the best way. Mm -hmm. The like, the interesting thing I think that works really well with this band on both eras being a makeup or a non-makeup fan is the question of how and why. When you're um, when you were a makeup fan like the two of you guys were, it was like, what do they look like? Why are they doing this? I came in to where they're not wearing makeup, and it's this mystique. It's this this thing that's almost untouchable. Like there's no way they're ever going to put the makeup on yeah. again. So for me, it was Car and Kulik, or mm -hmm. Kulik and Singer was though was that was my era, and never dreaming, and especially hearing Gene and Paul say. You know, it's never going to happen. We're, mm -hmm. we're never going to do it. So I think that also influenced why I liked how I view the 70s sometimes mm -hmm. that maybe because Gene and Paul were, I shouldn't say negative, like they always just downplayed it. They were always were the here, we're right now and the past is good. It's what got us here, but it was something they never entertained. So I didn't start gravitating towards the 70s for a while because it was almost like they, not that they weren't favorable on it, but it was just something they didn't want to talk about necessarily all the time. They had, they had no problem playing the songs from it or talking about, oh, mm -hmm. how great Destroyer was, but it was always what Kiss was doing at the moment. So when those things finally collide, the makeup comes back on, the reunion happens, you're like, what kind of crazy alternate universe am I living <laughs> in where they go from makeup, no makeup, back into makeup again? It was I think mm -hmm. for anybody that was around during that time, just kind of blew our, our heads mm. wide open. Yeah. Well, I, and that kind of, we kind of, that kind of we're stepping backwards into my kind of next topic I wanted to talk about was um, what is, uh, what's you guys' favorite era um, and, and why? And I think, I think I'll talk, I'll talk first and mention mine. Mine of course is um, I have two favorite eras. Uh, but my most favorite era is the one I grew up in. And I think that's a lot of times that becomes our era is the era that we discovered Kiss in. But I've, I've got enough younger Kiss fans that I've talked to to find out that that's not always the case. So that's why I always try to ask. That's one of the questions I always ask people. But my favorite era is probably the 70, the, the, the early era Kiss from inception to about the time, maybe not even, Till they took the makeup off, but you know, because I like, I really enjoyed all the way through Animalize. Um, uh, so I think those are all great albums. Uh, but then, but my kiss is what I call my kiss mm -hmm. is is the original four. Mm -hmm. uh, but now there's other there's other eras of Kiss that I love. My second, like nipping on the heels of that, is the the Kulik Singer era, the Revenge mm -hmm. era, the Revenge Carnival of Souls. The, that that tour uh that that whole those two tours uh but even you know the the uh, the hot in the shade tour even though i didn't own the album i did go to the show and the show was very good 
uh, Kiss was actually starting to swing back in the mm. in a good direction, and I think Kiss was going in a really good direction. And I'm happy that the reunion happened because it's kind of one of those things that we never did think would happen. And this was still early on in internet time, so uh, it was kind of a big, huge. It was a big deal. I mean, if you were if you were there when it happened, it mm. was a big deal that it that it happened. And nobody ever thought it would happen, um, but those are my two eras mm. that that I really that I really love the most. And the early era about Kiss and and Nick, you can mm-hmm. attest this too. We didn't have like like uh like Kid Rock says, didn't have no internet, mm-hmm. uh, and you you got your information from the tabloids, from the magazines, and from whatever little specials you saw mm-hmm. uh, on television. And there wasn't a VCR, so if you missed it, you missed it. Uh, and so it, Kiss, they didn't have, you didn't know what they looked like. You've got little snippets mm-hmm. of their faces in 16 Magazine or whatever when they do an article and Gina saw the bottom of his face or the top of his mm-hmm. face or Ace looking through the cards. I can still see that picture yeah. burned in my eyes looking through yeah. the little cards. You see his one <laughs> eyeball. And the photos from the photos from Cream, you know, where they've got yep. the makeup on. and And it's just like, they were such a mystery. It was mm-hmm. just, and that was one of the things that they knew what they were doing, that keeping that mystique, they knew mm-hmm. that that mystique would, them being so over the top, yet so unobtainable in knowing who they were and knowing what they looked like. That was whole, that was part of the magic. I mm-hmm. mean, that was a huge part of the magic. There's no doubt. And that was Bill O'Coin, I think, who you could thank for that, uh, creating, oh, yeah. creating yeah, yeah. a mystique. But you know, there's no doubt that the beginning uh, was a time of innocence and and just you know the revelation to them. But I didn't have um, anyone to really talk about Kiss with when I was growing mm-hmm. up. They were still not looked on in high esteem among my classmates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the oldest in my family, but several of my friends had older brothers and sisters, and for some reason, they just did not think Kiss was cool. And I remember like really being angry and mad. I got in not really fist fights, but in some arguments as a 10, 11, 12 year old trying to validate how cool this man was. But my favorite era of kiss without a doubt was the reunion tour because mm-hmm. I did not get a chance to see them live in the seventies at all. Mm-hmm. I did. My parents just wouldn't take me. My dad was never going to take me. My mother regrets to this day that she didn't because they came to the Chicago stadium uh, which was the one real time I think I was going to see him. It was 78. It was from the Alive 2 tour. And she just wouldn't go with me. I asked her. I begged her. I had no one else to go with. And she's like, I can't get tickets. It's it just I was extremely disappointed. So I had fallen out with Kiss when Peter left. And then when Ace left, I, I had now evolved to Van Halen, um, mm-hmm. to a lot of ACDC. I was getting into a lot of the melodic rock, the journeys, sticks, Ario Speedwagon, exactly everything yeah. that was pumping through the radio rush. So mm-hmm. somewhere around, and again, I knew the '80s songs, and I saw the videos, and 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 part of me thought that some of the music was good, but the videos looked cheesy. I thought they looked cheesy. Somewhere around uh, the MTV Unplugged when that hit. And it hit big. I got sucked back into it a little bit because I really 
enjoyed what they were doing. They brought peace and uh, Peter and Ace back. And then it just, the one thing I never thought would happen, happened was mm -hmm. the reunion tour. So at this point, I'm 30 years old. You know, I'm, I, I was running a, a nightclub downtown in the city of Chicago. My wife was pregnant with Nick. He was born in November of 95. And they announced this thing in the, in the tickets or whatnot. And I just, it was like on a turn of a dime, my obsession came completely back. And I'm like, I'm going to have a chance to see these guys. And I took full advantage of it. I think I saw seven or eight shows on the reunion tour. I went to Milwaukee, Indianapolis, Peoria. I saw all the three shows in Chicago. And it was just like, I always call it my concert odyssey of a lifetime because it, it was everything that like, it was a validation to me that they were everything that I thought they were when I was a young kid growing up and watching them from afar, reading them, looking through magazine pictures, fantasizing at that gatefold of a life too, that I could be there and I could see that fire, everything going off and hear these songs live. And like I tell him, that opening night at the Rosemont Horizon, July 14th, 1996. I had really good seats. I was there with seven other people. Maybe one person really cared about Kiss. The other six were just there. They were co-workers of mine. When that curtain fell, like I just, I, I there was, again, there was nothing like it. It was like that midnight special moment, but it was now live. Mm -hmm. And I was going to make sure. I mean, man, I wanted to go everywhere with them. I just wanted to, like, go see every show. I wanted to travel to every city. But I had obligations, obviously. I couldn't do that. <laughs> and I didn't quite have that kind of money to be able to pull that off. But I made sure I looked. I could hit the cities that were close. I was able to convince different people to come. My wife, God bless her, who is a real trooper. She's not a huge Kiss fan, but she came to several of the shows with me. Um, only thing I regret is that I didn't know you. I didn't know Rob yeah. and I didn't have, but we were at the same we show. The same show. <laughs> yeah. But that's know a crazy other. story. But so that for me will always be my favorite era because I was, it was my live introduction into them and they did not disappoint. Now, mm. since that reunion tour, I've seen about 20 shows. I can kind of consider myself a, a live expert of them since that time. Before that, I don't. But no matter what happens, uh, that was just, it, it was it was like, you know, they say like sometimes you meet your heroes. And, and while I necessarily didn't meet them, I did meet Ace at some point. Mm -hmm. But as far as the show was concerned, they delivered for me better than I could have imagined. That's cool, man. Because I've never heard that before. <laughs> just it's going to be great for the listeners. Now, for me, I'm just jealous that it, that's because I'm jealous that you all have seen that, I assume. Um, and I didn't see those four guys. But for me, from like a band standpoint, it's probably like from 76 to 78, you know, because those are my three favorite albums. Mm -hmm. Rock and Roll Over being my favorite album. I Stole Your Love being my favorite song. The Summit being my favorite video kiss show to exist. But um, for me, my favorite does fall in line with, I think, some of the newer fans do. It's it's the whole Alive 35 era. And that's because not only is it the first time I saw them, so I'm clearly biased. I'll never forget that. We just talked about it on our last episode. Um, but it's because I was, it's the first time I ever was like, 
like vehemently like tracking setless online because they were changing it a little bit. We were buying, we bought our show of the instant live. We bought a couple more. Um, they were on a bunch of talk shows and stuff. So that was really, and then we saw the show and then Sonic boom came out. So I got to experience a new kiss album myself as a fan at the time. So that's my favorite era. Cause it was an explosion, but it was also finally seeing them. So really finally seeing them mm -hmm. very similar to you, but also all the stuff that was coming out and, um, the fact that I actually got to see them for the first time and then bring it with me home and then get the second half of the show almost a week later and to be able to relive it in my head and my iPod and stuff. So, so that was my favorite era was the live 35. And then um, that lasted really until how to show on earth. Cause we saw them again, like two years later and mm -hmm. like third row, which was also unforgettable. So that, that whole span. And then I won't lie to you. I mean, the end of the road has been fun. And this, because we have Rob in this era yeah. and now you like we're, we're yeah. so it's hard to not really pick this era right now. Cause it's been the most, we didn't, we didn't have a kiss friend fan till Rob and now you, and now all these people right. in the, in the beautiful community. So that's seeing them seven, eight times and still not really having anyone else to experience it with. And now we have a whole mm. show about it. So it's hard not to, it's, it's actually hard not to say right yeah. now, but yeah. it would be a live 35 for me just, but then for a band as a whole, it's that late 70s because those those were really when they're on the top of the world mm -hmm. and it right. shows in the music and the aesthetic yeah for me i mean uh, we say three generations of kiss fans i'm the one in the 80s and 90s you know, i yeah. came in and hot in the shade yeah you know uh eric singer is my you know, there's enough eric singer stuff floating around behind me and i'm you drinking it out of an eric singer <laughs> cup tonight but you know eric carr was that first introduction of like oh he's he still is a favorite drummer of mine, but I felt like I got to be with him about this much. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then unfortunately, you know, he was taken from us. So I was just getting into drumming at that time. And I remember flipping through, you know, a modern drummer magazine and seeing, which, you know, that's right up here, Eric Singer's first introduction into that. So hearing he was going to be in the band, I pulled that issue back out. I'm like, Oh, it's a guy from badlands, Alice Cooper. Oh, he played with Paul Stanley. So, I kind of got to have both Eric. So my first, I begged my mom when I got, you know, the hot in the shade on I wanted to go see it. She goes, you're a freshman in high school. There is no way I'm going to let you go with a bunch of high schoolers that we don't know to Toledo to go see mom's like, and especially to go see kiss. Nice so when we, yeah, exactly. So when revenge rolled around now, I'm a senior in high school and I'm like, I'm going to this show. So my best friend and I, who, you know, we discovered through this you know, five year journey when creatures of the night started, like our jaws just dropped. Like we can't believe there's Gene, Paul, Bruce, and you know, the, the new blonde drummer in the band it just blew us away. So I'd be lying if I said the hot in the shade carnival souls, MTV unplugged era is my, is my favorite, but I felt <laughs> as quickly as we became fans, I felt like I had two losses, you know, the loss of Eric Carr and then the reunion. I remember sitting in tiger stadium going, I wish Eric and Bruce were here. I remember saying that out loud and going, you know, here's Ace and Peter, but man, as soon as Deuce started, I was like, Holy crap. You could just see yeah. the sea of people. And as much as I loved Eric and Bruce, all of a sudden I was like, I, I get it. I can get yeah. why the people from the seventies were saying 
you don't understand this band. Like when we were saying earlier, when you know, you know, mm -hmm. I felt like I finally knew at that oh moment, God. like what this mm -hmm. band is. And just top it with, you know, Nico said as much people like, Oh, they're playing say, yeah. And you know, do you love me and shout it out loud again? We've, I've seen the same show four times having our show meeting you meeting other kiss podcasters. I've got to throw the end of the road in. Cause it's that, mm -hmm. It's yeah. that last ride, even though Gene's like, we're going to do a hundred more dates. And so <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother stuff. That's, that's a whole nother thing, but you know, <laughs> another thing. And then, you know, getting married, a never like, ending into the road. Yeah. Never <laughs> my wife too. The road uh, never ends, you know, a live 35, seeing the final show at Cobo that's hall cool. and going, wow, kiss Cobo hall was so big for them. So I also have that alive 35 sonic boom in there. Yeah. So, but my main era is, is definitely the revenge yeah. hits era. Yeah, I didn't mention concerts I went to. So my first concert was uh, in seventy in June of seventy nine was the Dynasty tour. Oh wow, um, wow. that's so I, cool. I got to see I got to see the Dynasty tour, and they didn't tour the state for Unmasked, and um, uh, they didn't do anything for the Elder. Uh, I did get to see uh, Creatures before oh, that man. before that tour wow. and i remember it was such low attendance i saw them in the charlotte coliseum they had a black curtain that covered that cut off half of the coliseum and they mm. didn't sell the top level and they sold the bottom level uh midway and there were we had originally had bottom level seats but by the end of the show we had made our way down to the floor because the floor wasn't full. So mm. security acted wow. like they didn't care. So, but I remember uh, it was, Ace said it was, we saw this guy, Vinny, and we was not expecting to see Vinny. We were expecting to see Ace. And, uh, and then here's this guy, Vinny, because it was early on in the tour. Mm. And, um, and then I, I went to, uh, let's see, I went to the Lick It Up tour. I think I saw Lick It Up twice. And I, and I saw Animalize twice. Lick It Up was really good. Uh, Animalize was really good. And I saw Asylum twice. And Asylum was just such a visual because they had that huge freaking KISS logo that literally went from the, the bottom of the stage almost to the ceiling. Hmm. It was just this huge... Uh, and I had one... That's probably one of those shows is probably one of my most memorable shows because I had entered a contest on the radio, on the radio and I had one... It was right after um, Polygram bought the Kiss collection, and they mm -hmm. re-released the entire collection. Oh, on, cool, and, oh, yeah. And so I won uh, the entire collection, and I won press all from, from the first album all the way up to Asylum, and I won press passes. And I mm -hmm. didn't know what press passes were. I thought we got in line to like for tickets, and we got there, and uh, we went to one the ticket thing to the ticket window, and we're like, yeah, we're here to get our tickets. They said, we'll pick them up here. And they're like, oh, yeah, here's your press passes. And they gave us these things to go around our neck. And we're like, mm -hmm. and they're like, and you're going to go down here to this door. It says press. And we're like, okay. And it was me and I, I wasn't even old enough to drive. Um, and it was uh, my, a guy that the only KISS fan that I knew that was old enough to drive was a guy that worked with my mom named Terry. So he took me to the show. And we went down, we went down to the, we're like, Hey, we're, they said to show you these things. They're like, okay, so you go through here and they put us, we were in between the barrier and the stage. Wow. Like right. Yeah. Right, you right were, yeah, sure. I, I right know there. We like, were yeah, there. Yeah. 
and and Gene and Paul would like come up. Gene and Paul and Bruce would just come over and just like mess with us. And um, we had the best time. It was the closest mm. I'd ever been. And and then I, I didn't go. Uh, Asylum was the last tour that I went to until uh, Hot in the Shade. I went to Hot in the Shade uh, once. I went to the, Re- the Revenge Tour twice. And mm. and then uh, and then I went to uh, the reunion the first time, the reunion the second time, and then kind of the 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 one post Psycho Circus, and then the farewell, farewell. and then okay. yeah, and the farewell. Yep. And uh, I enjoyed the reunion more than the farewell. Sure. Um, they seemed tired on, on oh, the yeah. farewell tour. And uh, I knew they were already tired of each other's crap. You know, we've heard the stories <laughs> by now. And 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 spoiler alert: I have not been on not one tour. I've not been to one Kiss concert ever since. Oh wow! Wow, really? I've not been to wow. any of the Alive. I didn't live. And we've been to like ninety. <laughs> yeah, I've not, I've not been to. Um, that's it's like I said. It's it's funny how our stories. It's yeah. like by the time you guys started seeing shows, I was stopping. Hmm. And uh, but I, you know, if they come, I know they just the last time that they came through, I was like, you know, I think my friends have talked me into it. I think I'm going to go go see it and just go maybe get a there's an outside venue here that they come to get a seat on the lawn and just get set my seat up and just sit back and just watch the show and just and just take it in, take mm-hmm. it in for what it's worth. And because um, they're not going to be here, you know, it's, start, it's starting to the the realization is starting to hit me that yeah. they're not always going to be here. Uh, you know, our, yeah. our, our, our legends are dying left and right. And one of these yep. days, either before one of them passes or, or whenever they're just ready to be done, they're not going to be here. So I think whenever they announce the next 100 dates, if they come somewhere close, you know, maybe we maybe we might be able to hook up where we all go to a show together. I would love that. Cool. That yeah. would be that so, would be the. That, that, I know we've talked about it. We just yeah. unfortunately due to COVID we couldn't make it happen. But I, yeah. I that's what I want to say. Hey, I got to ask you a quick question. And I don't know if you remember or not, but when you saw the Dynasty tour, were they still doing Radioactive and Move On, or yeah, were those already dropped from the? It summer? was no. Yeah. It was early, it was like the fourth date in the okay. tour. Okay. It was early. I know they did them on the first like seven or eight dates, mm-hmm. and then they wound up dropping it or something yeah. like that. No, they know? were they they were still doing those. So is that early enough that Peter was uh, still uh, doing uh, tossing and turning? Tossing and turning. Yeah. Wow. Wow. On our on our just a little spoiler, but on the last show we talk about tours and fantasies. But one of my fantasies was to go back to the Dynasty tour because it's not even that I I particularly love the Dynasty album, but I love that. Largo bootleg that mm-hmm. eventually was released on Kissology just because the opening of that show at King of the Nighttime World. I love when they go into radioactive and move mm-hmm. on. It was just so new for them and different for them because no, we all know these guys, they they never really do play the new songs from an album, right? You know, since that time, post post right. like I would say, like Revenge, right? Yeah, I mean, Revenge even, even, even with Psycho Circus, they played a couple songs from it, they didn't play. There were so many songs from that album that I thought they could have played live, but they, they were, the Psycho Circus tour was basically just the reunion tour with a couple of new songs and 3D mm-hmm. glasses. That was about it, you know. And you want to talk about Mind Blown. As a kid, we had we had seen the pictures of Gene breathing fire. We'd seen the oh, pictures yeah. of Gene 
bleeding blood, blood down his chest or blood all over his face. You know, we'd seen that on the live. We'd seen it in magazines. Grooves magazine has a really good picture where it's just all down his chest. It's like ketchup. I used to do that. I'd get, I'd get some Hunt's That's ketchup. Cool. I'd get a mouthful <laughs> of Hunt's ketchup. And I'd, <laughs> you know, and I found out that if you take Hunt's ketchup and mix it with a little bit of syrup, you get a really good consistency um, real close to it. You get quite the color and the consistency. Um, but I used to do that. I used I was that weird ass kid that used to just okay. you, I'd be I'd come out in the yard and I'd have my shirt on and other kids would be in, in the in the neighborhood. Our we didn't have fences back then. So it was just this long string of houses that the backyard was just one big backyard and we'd play football yeah. and soccer and kickball and stuff out there, kick the can at night, stuff like that. And I'd come out and I'd have a mouthful of syrup and ketchup and I'd come out and I'd just it's be like <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> all over the place that's um, fantastic but the dinosaur, you never tried to do the fire though did you i hope you're no, not i never tried to do the fire yeah why do you why do you think we have this nice haircut yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no hair um the dynasty tour was the first tour that gene flew into the rafters on and yes. so he's sitting there and he does talking about mind blown so he'd he'd already done blew the smoke for firehouse which Firehouse is one of my favorite songs, but we'll get into that another time. And so, and he comes out and he does this thing. And I swear the way he was doing it from my point of view and my little 10 year old brain probably put some extra frames in there, but it's literally like he had his head back and blood was just coming up out of his mouth like a fountain. And then he does that and he stands there and he's got his arms spread like this. And the blood's just all down his chest and everything. And all of a sudden, he just kind of does his legs like he's going to jump. And he just goes just yeah. up into the ceiling. And my mind was just like, God, he can fly. He's a bat. He yeah, can fly. Yeah. You know, you didn't, didn't see the rigging or nothing like that. Just I mean, as a kid. Cool. Yeah. And I just remember yeah. thinking, God, he can fly. Gene can fly. <laughs> That's the first time he flew was uh was on the Dynasty tour and he's been doing that you know, uh, you know that's off nice. and on since, but um, yeah that's awesome. See, like I said, I was talking about in our chat that we could just spin off in all kinds of conversation. Oh. Um, so kind of kind of uh, leading into got a couple. I'd say we make this. I was going to plan on this episode being about an hour and a half, about an hour sure. and ten, and now, okay. um. So what is it about the band that keeps you coming back for more? Well, I think it's, it's, it's easy for me. It's, it's just, they're, they're so intrinsically in my being because I discovered them as such a young fan. Mm -hmm. And it's your so DNA. it's in your DNA. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're the soundtrack of my life and, I can't think, listen, I love, I love Eddie Van Halen and I love Van Halen and I love journey and, you know, musically, I, first of all, I think they're, they don't get enough credit for how good they are musically, but there are several other bands that I think obviously are better musically and that I will probably go to in moments in certain moments, but kiss Two is it's the characters. It's who they are. It's where they came from, how they've persevered. They've had more ups and downs than a roller coaster. And then to be so triumphant and still here. Mm -hmm. And then I, I always go back for more because it, the fact that my son became 
probably a bigger fan and almost like Rob, he came a little bit more of a historian with some stuff that he educated me on. And we go to these shows and you see three, four generations of fans. And that's why I go back. It's just a wonderful thing to be, not to say we're members of the kiss army, but this community. And I know it's like everything else. If you go to certain message boards, everybody argues and fights, but generally speaking, most of us kiss fans, whether we like elder or hate the elder, we're pretty solid. We're pretty tight. And the one thing we could hold on to is that it's a unique kinship with this band than other bands. And yes, they milk us for their money and yes, they do a lot of stuff, but I'm so forgiving of them because of what they've given me and the pure joy. And I think I, I, I really don't know that anything else has matched that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's their last show with him, but they they just became my favorite band out of nowhere. I mean, they really did, and it's because they show you that weird's cool. There was yeah. something about liking them that was so safe underdog, and so different. They're like an underdog story. There's no one else like them, and yeah, I think they that they're just they're just effing cool to me, man. Like it's, 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 uh, and seeing the shows are the, still the best shows I've ever been to. I'll say is every single kiss show over every yeah. other concert I've ever been to. And I've seen some legendary ones, but it's just this different experience. It, it's cause it's one of a kind and it's cause it'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. It's cause you'll never see a band or an artist. I think that matches. Yeah, I don't think my so, opinion. man. Like, yeah. Like there's artists that do some crazy stuff now, but just with the way modern music is, and then and then and, and which yeah. I like a, a decent amount of it, not all of it, but they, there's just no one like Kiss. There's just not a single thing like Kiss, and that's mm-hmm. what keeps me coming back, and it's gonna keep me going until if they do a hundred shows. We're right by a bunch of different states, probably gonna see a couple of them. Yeah. Just one of them, I think so. Which yeah. means yeah. I'm gonna have to see him do "Do You Love Me" second to last again for some reason. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Stat do that four times. I'm gonna have to do it again. But when I'm there, it's dope. When I'm not, I'm like, come on, man. So, but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be there. So there it's 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 really that for me. And this, the shows, the podcast now with Rob has been a really oh, amazing with like a triple. A it's, it's it's been like the best. It's been not like a the second on the cake. It's, it's been like almost the like best, a... like third triple win right. that that mm-hmm. you could ask for in terms of being fan. You know, one other thing I want to say too. It's not even like. We've evolved now too. Where like it just like, you know, you're proud to be a Kiss fan, and I don't care. Like I, yeah, I, I, I proclaim that. it loudly. We yeah. podcast about it. Like there's really not that. Um, I don't even want to say shame because you were never ashamed to be a Kiss fan, but it's just universally, I think, accepted mm-hmm. that they're pretty damn cool. Even if people don't care for them and like them, they don't really uh, jump on them or criticize them like they used to. You know. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. seems like it's a cool thing because you have to recognize the longevity of oh, them and not to pay respect to them is just being kind of tone deaf and being ignorant. And I think even the very, the very people that can't stand kiss have to understand that they are a major force, a legacy, a group that's legends in their own times. And they have had an impact on rock and roll. I don't oh, care. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, care what yeah. anybody, I don't care what anybody says, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me, it's, I, I think it goes to where some people will go, oh, Kiss is chasing a trend. They were trying to sound like Bon Jovi. Oh, they're trying to sound like Alice in Chains. Oh, they were trying to sound like the Bay City Rollers. 
that there is enough width and breadth with this band that, you know, I like ACDC, but if you've heard one ACDC album, you've heard all 12 of them. It's, and it's great. I, I like ACDC, but there's enough diversity in the band, whether it's on mm-hmm. purpose, whether mm-hmm. it's planned, or we want to give the best version of kiss that's right now. So if this is the thing that's trending now, they sometimes really good. Sometimes it could be a hit or miss, but I can find songs off all the albums where I'm listening to the same band, but in some aspects I'm listening to my version of the band. I'm listening Mm -hmm. to Brant's version, Nick, Nico's, and it's, it's all the same. It's all interconnected. And like we said, at the top of the show, you put all those people together. It's like, Oh, you like the older, you like such and such. But if somebody says kiss sucks, the entire pack, We'll oh, turn and go, yes. oh, you know, yes. we, we have a way mm-hmm. of unifying with ourselves. And after that, somebody will go, yeah, I, I kind of like you, know, Mr. Blackwell from The Elder. Yeah. And the, the right. edges kind of get smoothed a little bit. And mm-hmm. everybody's, Fantastic. you know, we are one type of thing, which, you know, I loved that Gene pulled that out at the, you know, last Kiss Cruise. I'm like, that's a that's a great, you know, some people want to dog on the song. It's fine. But just I like the message of it for Kiss fans. We are one. We're this kiss army that's a living breathing entity and i think that's why with the three of us with these last shows i never wanted to get to a spot where i went i didn't i didn't see him one last time yeah and my wife's always like how many one last times do you need i i always want that last opportunity i saw them the last possible opportunity Mm -hmm. i had if that's 90 more shows and i've got to work a lot more overtime because <laughs> i i don't i don't want to be fear of missing out you know i, yeah. I want to see that last show and go man i'm so glad i went and right. i heard do you love me in the same spot that's same spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the i get reminded all the time of the things that keeps me coming back uh one of the primary things that keeps me coming back is just the fact that the band the band kiss is is bigger than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Every member that's ever been in Kiss, including Gene and Paul, the 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 band is bigger than any collective or individual member. Um, and so when I when I when I come in here and I look at my Donruss cards and I put my puzzle, put the puzzle together. I read the facts on the back when I get out one of my magazines and I thumb through it or when I get out one of my albums and I look at the cover or when I just think about one of think about the solo albums. Uh, I think the solo album time is some of one of the most iconic times, one of the biggest merchandising times and all the merchandise that came out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I get on, I get online and get on kiss museum or get on eBay and look at stuff. And most of the time I'm disgusted by the prices, but every once in a while you run around, <laughs> run by somebody that's willing to work with you and you end up spending up 800, you end up spending $800 and getting about 10 pieces oh. for your collection that I did the other night. Good for uh, you. <laughs> Good for you, my friend. Um, I'll be right yeah. over. <laughs> stuff, stuff, stuff that I had when I, and I, I'm buying, I'm rebuying stuff I had when I was a kid. I've, that's I don't cool, have, I've, I've said it before. You guys haven't known me long enough, but um, I took real good care of my stuff. Um, but when I divorced and uh, was separated or separated back in uh, 1998, 99, uh, I had my stuff in storage and um, I, I got called by the storage company one day and said, hey, we got some bad news. 
your unit's been broke into and we need you to come down here and look and see if what's been lost. And, you know, you may be able to file an insurance claim or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I go down there and I look and 90% of the stuff that was stolen was all my kiss stuff that was in crates and, and it was all my kiss stuff. And somebody, it was right after the reunion, somebody knew mm. what it was. I don't know if they saw me putting in or whatever. I don't know if it was an inside job. And I was like, I can file a claim, but it, I'm not going to get out. I'm not going to get no, back. Yeah. I'm not going to get that stuff back. And yeah. I'm definitely going to get out of it what it was worth to me. So that's what I've kind of done over the years is I've, I've since I started my YouTube channel, I've, I've started buying the little things that, that I had at one point in time. The only thing I only have two things out of my original collection. One is it's somewhere upstairs in the walls in, in one of the storage bin in the walls. I can't find it. I got to get up there and go through, dig out a bunch of stuff and find it. But it's my Kiss Tyvek jacket from 1978, the little oh, Tyvek wow. jacket with the flames <laughs> on it and stuff. And my other original thing from my original collection is this. It's from 1977. It's my original love gun. Oh, bell 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 oh that I wore really this, nice. wore this yeah. when I was eight years old. There you go. So these are the only right. only things left out of my original collection is that. And so I've just been buying it and, and y'all gonna love I'm gonna make videos about the stuff when I get it in. Please. Um oh, yeah. and and so I've been so uh that person sold me about eight hundred dollars worth of stuff. I got an and av with an average of eighty dollars a piece. Wow. And you know how KISS stuff is these days, and none of this stuff oh. is older, uh, none of this stuff is newer than 79. Mm. So, and, uh, and my laptop right now is sitting on top of the, um, the destroyer box set still in the box. Mm. Um, the destroyer colored mm. vinyl still in the box. I've yet to make a video opening these yet. Rick is like, what are you, what, what's wrong with you, man? Why aren't you taking a day off of work? And yeah, <laughs> he's like, your priorities straight. You've, dude. <laughs> you've had this a week and you've not even opened it yet. And I was like, I'm good. I'm getting around to it. He's like, you're driving me crazy. I'm like, I'm getting yeah. around to it. Um, but, and then the, the other things, the intangible things like, um, for example, it's cutting grass the other day and I was listening, I was going through you guys's four part about the destroyer box set yeah. and, and y'all got, <laughs> y'all were on the last, I was telling Rob about this. Y'all were on the last one and I was cutting my grass and y'all were uh, going through the actual album, you know, going through, y'all were reviewing destroyer. And I was out there and um, cutting grass and I had not listened to Destroyer probably like throughout. I've probably not listened to it in a couple months, maybe, because um, I've just been listening to other things. I get on these little kicks, like I'll get mm -hmm. on like a hot face for the solo albums. And so I'll just sure. continuously listen to the solo albums. And uh, but man, y'all were talking about it. And then y'all hit King of the Nighttime World. And even though I love Destroyer, but y'all, it's true what y'all say about I uh, said, so I wish I could be in a podcast with you guys. Cause I, I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm finding happen. myself, I'm finding myself. I will be like, y'all say something. I'll be like, that's right. And they also such, and I'm like, wait a minute, who the hell am I talking to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can but, hear you, man. But when you, when you said, when you talked about, uh, I think it was Nick that said it, you talked about how, um, uh, Detroit rock city and King of the nighttime world are, 
we are the champions or we will rock you and we are the champions. Yep. There are those bookmark yep. songs that it's, yep. it's whole lot of living, loving, made and whole lot, you know, whole lot of road, whatever it is, those two Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin songs you hear together all the time. It's, it's the two green day songs you hear together all the time. Yep. It's like those two songs after the car crash, you need to start hearing Ace making that siren. And we, to me, it's like yeah, yeah. my yeah. conceptual is like, okay, they crash and here comes the siren. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it sounds like a siren to me. And you do conceptualize through that whole album. And they did a great job on that. But it's just in those things. It's like, and so what what was the very next album I listened to? I listened to Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And it's just because, and, it, and when I listened to it, it was like I was hearing it for the first time. Yep, getting the goosebumps about different songs and when they start playing, and just you hear stuff. And I'm out in my yard and I'm like driving on my thing, and then I'll Peter starts doing this roll, and I take my hands off my wheel, and I'm just out there just driving on. <laughs> I probably look like a, my neighbors are probably the hey, dudes listening to music again. <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's great. And and kiss is it, it's almost like a fountain of youth, man. It keeps you yeah. young. Oh yeah, that's a, that's young. a great point. It's a great, it's it's a almost, great point. It really is. It really, for, especially for those of us who have been in it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, regardless of how many shows you've seen, or whether you've met them or not, or how much merchandise you have, or whether you collect vinyl, or whether you don't, or whatever. It's it really just just listening to them. It it, I think it makes you better. It just makes mm-hmm. you better. Yeah, yeah. Makes you a better person in a lot of ways, and a lot of people they just don't get it. But I don't want everybody to get it. It's kind of like a club. Yeah, no, 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 no. Better, better to have it on list. Better have it on That's the. Yeah. That's one of the greatest things analogies you just gave about Kiss is that I don't want everybody to get it either. No, I don't. I'm no. very comfortable with this nice group of people that we have all across mm-hmm. the world. Right, we are one. Like Rob says, we. I love your analyzation that. We may bicker and fight over songs or whatever, but nobody else can come into our circle and mm-hmm. push us around because then we're going to stick together and we're going to tell you get out. And I I don't want Absolutely. it. And Kiss is so timeless that you're right. You know, when you you look at somebody like, you know, I'm 57 and, you know, it they're so timeless for me. And yeah, there's yeah. a lot of other bands that are too. But once in a while I'll listen to some music and I'll be like, ah, that's a little dated. Or I think oh, of yeah. a band and it brings me back to a time. But there's something about these guys that they they just remain relevant and like it it just doesn't go out of style. Mm-mm. I mean, they're still in the freaking makeup, man, and it's still <laughs> relevant. It just has never left, right? We're talking it'll be 50 years essentially yeah. in 70 in 2023. They're gonna, you know, and who knows what they're gonna do for the 50 year, what they're gonna come out with, but we're talking five decades here. Mm-hmm. You know, only the greats last that long. You know that it's not mm-hmm. not everybody. You know, I look at the last music of the t- of twenty years and think, who's going to be around in another thirty years? You know, mm-hmm. and so you're you're right about that. We don't we don't need bandwagon people coming and jumping on it because you it's a birthright. You have to earn it. You know, mm-hmm. you got to pay your dues with Kiss. Yeah. yeah, and they persevered. I mean, they persevered through lineup changes. I mean, some bands they lose a member or two and. That's it. You know, Kiss is, I mean, Paul, Paul yeah. and Gene and, and to, and I mean, really like us, I've heard you guys say this before. And, and I, I sometimes more modern, more, more modern Gene and Paul sometimes, uh, it, you know, again, this, this kind of falls into our last little subject. Um, uh, 
favorite and least favorite things about the band. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you that my favorite thing about Kiss is the way Kiss makes me feel. You put any of the other crap mm-hmm. aside, and 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 it, I love the way Kiss makes me feel when I think about them, when I listen to them, when I collect stuff from them, and when I buy stuff from them. I might always, I might gripe a little bit about the price every once in a while, and you know, but you know, and I, I caught myself the other day. I was talking to somebody, and I almost slacked, slacked myself after I said it. I'm like. They're just putting out too much stuff too dang fast. I wish they'd slow down a little bit. And I went, wait, no, no, I don't want them to slow down. Yeah, yeah. That way, keep keep it coming, keep it coming. Yeah. You know, we got the off the soundboards coming. We got these, we got these the deluxe stuff coming. We got these box sets coming. You know, I'm mm-hmm. excited. The news has recently broke that that the live two is going to get a deluxe, a colored you know, vinyl, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. a colored yeah. vinyl. Yeah. I'm sitting here going, I think it'd be really cool if they do a, a picture disc and it's got yeah. the iconic photos the four iconic photos you got, got that gene on one side flip it over and it's paul <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and it's ace on one side flip it over and it's peter and you, yeah I, I just i would love that um and uh but it's it's cool then you know we got yep. the creatures box set coming and and we got the and at least one more because you know they're gonna have to put out a blue vinyl now we got at least one more off the soundboard coming oh yes to, so there's at least one more. So, yep. and, you know, and, and then inside of that, you know, we can nitpick and know oh, whether well, this don't, that's not really that greatest of a mix and all that really don't sound good. They have bear this and bear that and everything. And those are all valid points. I listened to, I think it was Virginia beach mm-hmm. uh, and you Sorry, Rob, Rob doing his mixing and <laughs> comparing and stuff. And you're right. You're gosh. right. There's, there's better stuff out there. Yeah. Um, the Paris, even though I've not opened my box set yet, I've listened to everything online, streaming everything, all <laughs> the demos and stuff. My and Paris, Paris is not, on, right. but at least yeah. we got, at least we got it. At least yeah. we got yeah. it out, yeah. you know, so it's just like, yeah, I'm they, holding they, my they, breath for the Des Moines one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm holding because that's a dream. Of, that's something. Yeah. I, well, you know, you, so if you talk about the, le- we're talking about the least thing we like, right? Like, you know, like. So for me, like there, it, it would only be that because there's really my only gripe with them would be like, you're finally releasing all this stuff, which like, I, I can't believe and I'm so thankful that it's coming and I'll take it as fast as they want to give it. My only gripe would be on the live stuff. I certainly, Rob and I were big bootleg collectors, so we certainly have some things that are in better quality than some of the official stuff that they're releasing. So my only thing would be, and I don't even know if it's with kiss, it's more with universal with the mm-hmm. record company would be, listen, this is kiss. Now don't, don't shortchange us. Mm-hmm. If you want to call me or you want to call, there's plenty of people we know now leaking videos. There's plenty of people they could reach out to and say, Hey, we're doing a creatures box set. Mm-hmm. We don't particularly have a good live soundboard. There's plenty of people out there that could provide them with something. And if they just spend a little bit of money mixing, tweaking, like you're an expert on that. There's Rob is an expert on the mixing. That's my only gripe. And and I don't even think it's with the band. I really have no gripes with the band. Um, I, I see both sides of the turmoil that happened with the original four it's like anything else, right? There's there's somebody's side, there's another side, and the truth is always somewhere in the middle. And I think it was all meant to play out as it happened. I've got no problem with what they're doing lineup-wise. My only thing is we're going to buy all your stuff, 
you got us. Mm-hmm. Just go the extra little bit and give us look research. Give us the best you can. Mm-hmm. That's my only gripe with the band. My favorite thing about the band is the live experience and what they do for their fans in terms of everything. Cause I do think it is great. I think the kiss army, I, I do think they still exist because of us. They exist, exist for us. Uh, my least favorite thing about the my least favorite thing about the band is that they haven't done I Stole Your Love when I'm at a show playing it. <laughs> Move on. That's all I need to say. That's Dude, I love you, man. You're so selfish. I still won't forgive them You're for so changing selfish. it six yeah. shows before us on Alive 35. I still won't forgive that. I heard about that. That's a heartbreaker. Yeah, that, no, was, that was a heartbreaker. No, a heartbreaker. Paul's, no Paul's pizza for Nick. Man. No Paul's no, pizza. No, no Paul's, Paul's paintings. Uh, no. He can keep doing that all he wants. He <laughs> need to. Need to hear I still love one day. Oof. What's your gripe? What grinds your gears? Yeah, what's my I don't know if I have it's probably more like yours. When Kiss wanted to be the band that they that they never got to see, set the bar for your product. It I felt like it took this long. Like Grant said, yeah. like don't don't dump it all at once because I felt like we spent 20 years of not getting anything. Like, oh, we're not gonna record an album. You spent, you know almost half a decade with Eric and Tommy in the band, you finally said, Oh, we'll, we'll do an album. And now here we are at the end of the road. And my wife's like, how much more are they going to do? I'm like, well, this anniversary is coming out. This anniversary is coming mm-hmm. out, but set the, set the bar where a, a band, I'm just pulling the top of my head, like a Bon Jovi is going to look at kiss and go, man, look at the box set that they're putting out. Let's look at yeah. the quality that they have, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all that type of stuff. So that's probably my gripe. Do, and how you started set the bar. So everybody else has to follow below. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't do that. But I think the other thing is like a, a gripe is people like, Oh, that's Gina Paul doing blah, blah, blah. It, it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's universal. It's really, it's really easy. <laughs> yeah. Like Gina Paul are getting told, Hey, we're going to put this out. Okay. That sounds great. They're not, they, yeah, they've they've signed the check. The likeness is done. It's they're not mixing anything or doing. Yeah, anything. they're not back there. No, turn turn that down. I want to be. Yeah. I want to be louder. Yeah. So they got the money. They got the upfront dough, and they're just like yeah. signing off. I'm yeah. surprised none of you fine gentlemen mentioned Dubai. I don't want to talk because about I don't want to because yeah, bring okay, it up. Okay. I don't even want to bring up Dubai. I don't even know what Dubai. I don't is. care. I don't care about Dubai because I watched it on the pay per view and I didn't. It, I right? didn't. I didn't get suckered into buying to to purchasing all the other stuff. Where where is he? Look at Brand. There and there. I've heard. I've heard. heard. So Nico, uh, what, what else do you like about (laughs) it? was, Hey, it was new year's Eve. They were texting each other. And all it I know happened. is I saw all Nico. I, I saw Nico hitting some buttons on the iPad. Is there was a conversation and two transactions <laughs> that have yet to be fulfilled? Almost and right, I feel bad right. going. Oh, he was in it for forty-five, and I <laughs> talked him into doing. Like he's in it for deeper than I am, and I know some people earn it deeper for more than that. So we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't want to go. Oh there. yeah, those I. Yeah, but I mean, I my 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 favorite thing about the band is is this right here yeah. This, oh, yeah. this moment mm-hmm. podcasting with these gentlemen getting the chance to meet you and the other podcasts that we've been able to associate with and it's just yeah, this big mm-hmm. kiss community that we wouldn't be doing this if the band hadn't existed so right. if they want to do another hundred shows i feel like i'm obliged to say thank you thank yeah. you for the music and the love that i have in my life that i can pull out songs 
that I can play like, oh, I remember when I was here or that or doing mm-hmm. this. And the friendships that I've made because of that show mm-hmm. are, are going to carry long after the band is done that I'll be able to say, hey, remember in 2022 when we did this podcast, you know, we yep. were on a video chat late into the evening and I, I don't care about work in the morning because this is the moment that I'm in and it's yeah. all because of Kiss. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the talisman will give us the strength to be able to do work tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll right. be okay. Star child. Star child. He's still in the park. Yeah. He's still in the park. Sam. Let's, Sam. let's go. <laughs> um, did we lose them? Did they go dark? They went dark. Yeah, we, we had uh, thunderstorms roll through our area, and I wonder oh. if the thunderstorms just rolled through their area. Did y'all just, did y'all just, uh, I think it looks like they might still be there, maybe. Oh, here they are. Are they back? Let's see if they're back. Dude, I'm I don't sorry, know what dude. Happened. Hey, dude. they're back. There they're I back. I think you know what happened. Ace pulled the plug. Ace pulled the plug on me. Oh, he grabbed a hold and shocked me. <laughs> so we're going through a little bit of a heat wave here In today. Chicago, okay. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. We had, three power surges and I got worried, but everything came back on about five minutes ago. So we're good. Let's let's do that. Can you edit and do those plug? Want to do the plugs again? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we had filmed an alternate ending, but we'll use use this. We didn't want to leave you. We're like, if we can get back on, let's come back on (laughs) and thank you for this wonderful evening. So you mentioned, so you mentioned about ACE talking about ACE pulled the plug on you. Let me tell you my ACE story real quick. So my Fraley's comment, uh, and then and then we'll do plugs, and then and then we'll we'll wrap out of here. Um, so Fraley's comment came out in '87, and I was working at a movie theater at the time, and uh, I was assistant manager, and uh, I had a tendency to hire. Uh, really, since I was the hiring person, I had a tendency to hire like really good looking women uh, uh, that were you know around my age, maybe a little older. And uh, there was two that worked there. Uh, there was one was named uh, Tony Tate. I think the other one named Tracy Tony or something like that. And um, Ace said, Ace said, uh, put out Fraley's comment. And uh, I loved it. Like, uh, like, uh, like Nico says, I think it slaps from front to back. I, I love it. <laughs> rock man. soldiers. Yeah. Rock soldiers is like, it's an anthem, man. It's like, you know, it's just awesome. And I love the aces back and he told you so. And I always love, he's going to have to play without an ace in his deck. He's just got so much swagger in that song. And that album is great. Um, But Ace did a tour and he came to a club called Cadillacs in Hickory. Mm. It was in uh, a lot of bands came through there. LA Guns, um, Love Hate came through there. Uh, if you ever heard of Love Hate, mm-hmm. um, let's see who else came through there. Faster Pussycat came through there. London Choir Boys came through there. Tora Tora came through there. Um, and uh, Ace came through there. And he had this little band opening for them before they made it big. They had just put out this little album called Pride. So he White had Lion. White, oh, Lion White Lion wow. opening wow. for him. And so we got good tickets. Or we was general mission tickets. We got there early. I always believed in getting there early. Mm-hmm. And um, I had... I brought two of the girls that I work with with me. And so, I mean, I was pimping that night and I had on my ace shirt and I had on my ace solo album shirt. And um, so we got in and we got like right down front. We were like right there, like at one of the 
the stage boxes that had a monitor on it. It had a monitor on the front of it, and there was like this little space behind the monitor that was the rest of the cabinet of this box. And so White Line came out, and they they played and they kicked butt. I mean, White Line, I love I love White Line. I love the Pride album. I love the um uh the 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 album after that. What's the album after that? The one's got Radar Love on it. Um, you know, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah. About. yeah, yeah. Um, so I love those two albums, and so I remember them singing Lady of the Valley. I remember Lady of the Valley. Mike Tramp was standing like right there during one part where he's saying something like, "I've lost my." I brought my fallen brother and I laid him at your feet. If you know the song, you know that lyric. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so then Ace comes. So they play and it was great and everything. Then Ace comes out. And so Ace comes out and he leads with Rip It Out. Mm. And so he comes out and he's just playing. And he's standing, he's doing his solo. And he comes over to the side stage. We were to the right of the stage. And he comes over and he looks down. He looks me dead in the eyes and points at me and points at my shirt. And then and then he looks on either side of me and he takes his hands. He takes his finger and points on either side of me and goes like that. <laughs> and, and so then a little while later, he, he kept coming over because these were good looking girls. And he kept coming over to that side of the stage. And then at one point in time, he was doing a solo. I can't remember what it was, but he stepped on the other side of the monitor and was standing. And I swear I was like, I'm going to touch his foot. I'm going to touch his foot. <laughs> I touched Ace's foot. I That's touched awesome. Ace's foot. <laughs> so, he recognized you, Ace. Awesome. Yeah. So, and you, so you had the Ace seal of approval that night. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah I, got, I got the thumbs up. You got man. the Ace of Spades. That's I've, awesome, I've never, I've yeah. never met, um, uh, you know, a member of KISS. I actually met them per se. Uh, that's the closest I probably got. And honestly, I'm one of those people that uh, you, I uh, think one of you mentioned in one of your podcasts, I am careful about meeting people that I hold in very high esteem because yeah, I don't yeah. want to catch them on a bad day and, and just have them really, walk away yeah. with a sour taste in my mouth. Um, there's somebody that I met before that I, I, I did. I have met other people uh, outside of KISS. There's somebody I met before that I've, holding very high regards and I met him and I must have met him on a bad day because he was not a very nice person. Mm. And so um, I'm not going to, I think I've told the story before, but I'll tell it some other time because I don't want to take sure. up the time we got. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I still love his music. I still love his music. I still buy his albums. Uh, but um, so let's redo the, we'll, we'll use the alternate ending of you guys plugging. This alternate your, ending. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be the real <laughs> ending. No problem. Yeah. Well, so, everybody, everybody could follow me at N Caruso Jr. on Twitter. You can follow me at N-I-K-K-O-C-A-R-U-S-O. That's at Nico Caruso on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and on TikTok at Nico Knows Film. I do movie reviews there, too. And follow the other podcasts we talked about, but go to our Twitters, and you'll find everything we do there. There's way too much to plug at this moment in time. <laughs> and you can follow me at Drummer Rob 10 and more importantly, you can follow our show right between the eyes at rbte podcast and we're on facebook and we do a little bit on youtube we just interviewed billy baker not that long ago who designed all of eric's kits so that had to be our first full-length episode so we'll we'll sprinkle the youtube stuff in you know periodically so but more on that later but again thanks for having us on this has oh, been a blast this evening. i can't tell you man can't thank you enough for having us join your community now thank you yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. It was like I said, I don't know if I said it earlier, but it's been an honor having you on the show and I look forward to us uh, 
being together more, you know, uh, uh, you guys definitely, you're welcome to come back. If you, if I, uh, we need to get in a little chat group. We need to get in a chat group. And and if I tell you about something that I'm going to be doing and you guys want to jump on and do it, I I will, I'm pretty flexible, especially this time of night. I'm pretty flexible and we can, we can make it happen. And if you ever want a a fourth head on your screen, just let me know. And I'll be glad to talk anything, kiss with you. And there they go again. All right. That's that's the sign. That's the that's sign the right sign. there. It is time to shut the lights off. And Ace is back and he told you so. Told you so. That's right. <laughs> Pull the plug on me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks Nick for and us. Nico. And thanks, Rob. Thanks for hanging out with me. And Anytime, brother. We'll see you guys in the next video. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. <laughs>